we know that it's almost time for Lent. But before this journey through the desert, let's enjoy some dessert. Ben Gay. Join Cece and Father Raj say farewell to the flesh as they talk about pre-Lenten celebrations, Carnival, Mardi Gras, Pelicans, and so much more. Celebrate well, fam. This is Famished and Fat Tuesday. What is up, fam? What's up, Cece? Yo, yo. Hello, doing? hello. Doing good. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Blessed. But welcome, everybody, to uh, Famished and Fed, uh, this uh, podcast about food and faith, where we talk about a ton of different uh, food culture things, food topics, and uh, we eat food, do a lot of fun things. Today, we got a really kind of Catholic topic, um, but also a very... <laughs> foodie topic um yes we're talking about mardi gras Woo-woo. yes mardi gras fat Too tuesday soon. fat tuesday yes that's what that means um lundi gras fat monday is gaining some steam as well um to celebrate more thing? yeah lundi gras um i mean i guess up. you could have anything gras it's like right? people who don't I mean... want to people who don't want to get too close to ash wednesday when they're celebrating like they don't want to get too you know crazy the night before and then they don't make it to ash wednesday oh i see like they don't want to celebrate Ash Wednesday with a hangover or something. Yeah, but... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's new. Space it out. I've never. Heard yeah, that. that's my. That's or you can take Monday that. off, and it could be a long weekend, and then oh. just go going to work on Tuesday. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> but anyway, that's what we're talking about today, Mardi Gras. We'll probably dig into to more of those topics um, in a second. But um, some famished and, and fed news. Uh, this is our our nineteenth episode. Ooh. That's crazy, huh? 19, we, that's crazy. We got some fun stuff planned for our 20th episode. We'll mention that to you in a second. But, you know, we've got 19 episodes without naming uh, this taste test. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, and uh, we recently put on on, on social media, shout-outs uh, to Chriselle, our social media intern. Chriselle's great. She does a lot of good stuff for us. And so, so we're, we wouldn't like, put it out there. What should we name our taste test? I think um, that they, they came out because uh, I appeared on the Average Nerd podcast, and they asked me what the name of the taste test was, and I was like, uh, we don't have a name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, because we have the snack attack. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, we have, so, you know, we have I mean... friends of the family for times when we, like, do um, giveaways and stuff. Yeah. We don't have a name for this. Um, but we recently put it out there, and we had a ton of awesome names, um, suggestions, and then some tweaking things, and... I don't know. Are we going to decide right here and now? I mean, we could talk about it. Let's hash it out. Why not? Okay, let's let's hash it out. Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just list off them rapid fire, and then we can c- circle back to some other ideas maybe that we had. I, I think on the show I mentioned maybe we could call it uh, you know famished and feasting, and you uh, didn't like that at all. <laughs> really? Famished, famished and feasting, or feeding? Famished and feeding. I think I said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it um, at all. I don't remember. I have, I have no recollection of that suggestion okay. nor my reaction to it. But um, do you have before I list off these other ones? Do you have any thought? Any any suggestions? Or that I'm you not thought good of at yourself? naming things. Okay. No, right. I'm so better at picking a name. 
Let's go right into it. Well, um, uh, Lassizi, um, uh, Lisa, she's been a guest on the show. She said, it's crunch time. And then uh, we kind of also thought about, you know, on that same line, it's munch time or it's munching time. Um, uh, Jedi DMA, uh, Dean, a friend of the family, he says, uh, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. The goodness of the Lord? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, is the goodness of the Lord included in what he said, or are we just naturally no, put, inclined it, it, to finish it ourselves? <laughs> yeah, we just, we just finished a song. I lyrics. thought you were doing a responsorial psalm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, he included that, parenthetically included that. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, distance Nerding, our, our friends at Distance Nerding, um, they suggested set up or not. Ooh. Right? Shout out to our Filipino heritage. So set up or not, that means... Does it taste good or not? Uh, one of the ones that I think both of us I- enjoyed uh, it comes in from uh, also a guest from the show, uh, Bob from the coffee episode. He suggested this, Deus MR. <laughs> I really <laughs> like that one. Like, Deus um, meaning you know, God. God. And then no. MR, like ASMR. ASMR. Um, it's a pun. I mean. It's a pun. And we, we, are, we are punishing on this show. <laughs> Uh, another pun uh, given to us by um, Alex uh, Aselga, one of our um, uh, listeners. Uh, will it suffer? So, as in, like, will it suffer? Um, we got a couple of others. Uh, Bunny Soldier says, "Let us taco about being called cheese mine." So it's like a bunch of puns all together. Gosh, wow, I know. What have we done? I like the lettuce taco. Um, yeah, lettuce taco. Lettuce taco. Um, it's, okay, anyway. Um, Apple says, eat it or yeet it. Um, Eddie likes the snack attack, but uh, that's already a name. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, with one T, Matthew with one T, uh, says, how about crunch break? Uh, like a lunch break. Um, and so, yeah, those are some of the um, the suggestions. What do you think? Anything like totally stick out to you, Cece? I mean, I like Deus MR. That's like, well, because I feel like that was like, remember when we were brainstorming? I was like, we have to do like an ASMR ASMR section. section. And you were like, what? And I was just like, we have to do this. So I feel like a pun and ASMR mixed together. I mean, that's that's my front runner. You know, I can go with that. I can get behind it. So now we have our, uh, our, we'll actually get into our taste test and our, our Mardi Gras themed taste test. So let's get into that taste test now. We're tasting beignets, Cece. Oh my gosh. Ben Yay! <laughs> That's how ben, I feel it. Ben Hooray! Ben, ben Hooray! Ben Yay! Awesome. That's oh great. Gosh. Which um, one so, do we do first? All right. So, well, I dropped these off to your door. Um, two different types. That's how Mardi Gras we're doing and how much celebration so we're doing. We, we got two. Which one do you want to do first? We got either beignets from Iron Horse Tavern or uh, Willie's Burgers in Old Sack. Both make um, some pretty. Um, well-known beignets here in the Sacramento area. I have the bigger package in front of me right now. Okay, so that's uh, Iron Horse Tavern. Um, so, okay. Oh, wow, you're going to take a picture for? of the reveal? <laughs> I'm taking a video of the reveal. Oh, okay, there you go. All right, okay. so let's, yeah, let's go ahead and dig into these. So like I mentioned, uh, these are oh, from Iron Hallelujah. Horse Tavern. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, the powdery sugared goodness. Yeah. All right, I'm digging in. I'm digging in. This is, I don't know if this will catch on ASMR. This is so many, first of all. Share, share them with your children. Oh, okay. <laughs> Later. <laughs> you don't have to eat the whole box. That's what I was thinking. Okay, well, I'm digging in. I got one with like tons of powdered sugar on the it. The smell, just the smell. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good with it with the powdered sugar. Mm. You know what I like about this beignet? Mm. From from my <laughs> good, you just keep enjoying. So for those that don't know, beignets they're just they're like shoe pastry that's fried. So like a fried donut and then tossed in powdered sugar. That's just a classic one. But there's um, you know, there's variations on it. What I like about um these ones from Iron Horse Tavern is they're kind of like um ugly in a, a good way, ugly delicious, if you'd say like that. What do you mean that, ugly? In the sense that they're not like perfect pillows like other beignets are right mm-hmm. so they're like kind oh, of tears and they pop and that you know what that does is it gives it texture when it you know hits the fryer so you get some crispy bits but oh that middle is nice and soft and um mm. pillowy oh gosh that's so mm. iron horse tavern um, i've never had beignets from there in sack so oh these are both gonna be but both brand is- new to you yeah, but, but oh my gosh. Oh, right, so give us your opinion. Walk us through what you think of this beignet from. I've had these before, so. It's so good. I mean, I love beignets in general. Any type of fried dough is like my jam. It's really good. I like the ones that are like super soaked in, um, well, not soaked, I guess dusted in with powdered the sugar. powdered sugar. Yeah. yeah. And it's, ve- it's, it's very moist too mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm. And the exterior is nice and crunchy. I like those little bits, you know, where like the dough is gathered up and it's just like a little bit yeah, harder. Yeah. That's like my favorite part. Yeah. So um, just, um, and I'm not going to get this perfectly. I'm sure there will be more foodie scientists that can correct me. Eddie, maybe you can correct me on a bit. Um, from my understanding of desserts and pastry, um, so they make this with a with, with what's called a padashu, a shoe dough, right? And, and that means that, you know, it, it doesn't rise on its own. It, it rises because of the steam of the um, of the the batter, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, when you're cooking it, so that's why, like, um, similarly to churros or other things, uh, that's where it gets its airiness, but also maintains its moisture. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's uh, that's our first one. I'm sure oh you're going to be snacking on this throughout the episode as well as I will that's, be. These are oh these gosh. are great. Um, my kids are going to love those. I'm just realizing they've never had beignets. Uh huh. And um. Jacob likes plain things. So, like, the fact that mm-hmm. it only has powdered sugar, he's really going to like that. Okay. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. All right. Ready to crack open Snacks. the second one? So, oh, let me get my camera ready. <laughs> oh. So, this so next uh, beignet is from uh, Willie's Burgers in Old Sacramento, Old Sac. So, um, lots of good I things in Old know. Sac. They did. So, wait. Hold on. Does Iron Horse Tavern and does Willie's, do they do beignets year-round? They do, at least my understanding. Yeah, Willie's has a giant sign that says beignets. And I'll post a picture in our social, but it's like this giant poster in Old Sac for beignets. Uh, there are a couple other places in Sacramento that do beignets seasonally. Um, we're recording this episode slightly earlier than actually Mardi Gras, so that's why we weren't able to um, get some of their options. So, like, for instance, Ed Array's, um, mm-hmm. they do some phenomenal beignets, but they only do them um, the week of Mardi Gras, I believe, or on yeah. Mardi, Mardi Gras itself, mm-hmm. so... Um, but yeah, so Willie's makes these year round, and I'm pretty sure these are on the dessert menu at Iron Horse Tavern all the time because I've I've seen them. Oh my gosh. Um, but I'm okay, so, so, so this is uh, Willie's. These are Willie's. All right, here we go. Ooh. So um, they're going to be a more traditional uh, beignet, um, kind of uh, shaped to be like a pillow or a little more um, flat and and rectangular. But man, I'm just looking at this now. This is like. A thick layer of powdered sugar. I don't I, know if yours. <laughs> mine's like a mountain. Okay. Is that what it's supposed to look like? I think so. I mean, well, I, I mean for them. Oh for, yeah. no! I love powdered sugar. I probably yeah. shouldn't, but I love it. 
Oh man, you, this you is going to be messy, on, but on exciting. Everything? I mean, I, I, I feel like the dusting of powdered sugar on any dessert is like appropriate. You know, uh-huh, look uh-huh. at the, look at this. Do you see the vault? Like it's like a mini Mount Everest uh-huh, of powdered uh-huh. sugar. Oh, you smell delicious. Did you eat yours yet? Or I'm I'm, I'm going to dig into mine right oh, now. Okay. So go ahead and give your. <laughs> go ahead. Mm. Um. Oh. Just <laughs> 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 laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about ben, it. Yay! <laughs> That's good. It's a little bit denser than the other one. Uh huh. And it's, I think it feels like it's more of a cakey texture than the last uh-huh. one. Uh huh. But it's delicious. The powdered sugar makes that. Still soft. Yeah. And once it gets into your, into your mouth, it, it, it melts. Mm. Um, oh my yeah, this gosh. is great. You know, if you're ever an old sack, pokey hunting, or just hanging out with a family, mm-hmm. I would recommend getting um, getting some of these bananas and just walking around old sack with them. Who cares mm-hmm. if people see uh, powdered sugar over all, all your face? <laughs> I mean, it's totally worth it. This, oh my gosh. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be a little messy, I think. I've always thought of that. Like, beignets are supposed to be a little messy. Like, they want, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's very Mardi Gras-esque, as in like. You know, celebration, messiness. Um, That's true. It's kind of whimsical, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh um, it's delicious, though. They're both good. I mean, they're different, but they're both delicious. Mm-hmm. Now, you're saying this is the traditional? Is this shape, this pillow? Yeah, more traditional. Rectangular? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Especially, like, when we're thinking about New Orleans and stuff, and they make tons of them. For those who have been to to, to Disneyland, they, they also have Mickey Mouse shaped beignets. How do they even do that? I don't know. Disney oh well, magic. maybe. Yeah. Mm. That was delicious. Um. It goes good with this this iced coffee that you made me and left me at the door. Did you um, like that? Is, I anything, was like, oh my anything gosh, special? Sure. Anything special about this? Anything no. Mardi Gras about no. this coffee I'm drinking? Um, oh, okay. It's just no. a caramel latte. Okay. Is it good? I'm yeah, gonna like make it, it on the it fly because well. you got here like five minutes early, and I was like trying to make um, it right fresh. No, it's so great. is that? It's I don't have coffee; I have water, and I was like okay. kind of bummed. But I'm it's sorry. probably better because I'm having like an ultimate sugar rush right now. After that, <laughs> it was a lot of it was thick. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is good. But we're yeah, recording this in the middle of the day for anybody who's wondering. We're recording it in yeah, like and I had I had just had lunch too. I'm gonna. <laughs> Fall asleep. Remind me I have to pick up my kids for school after this because I might take a nap and totally <laughs> I will, I will forget totally about it. remind you. And then you can give them the extra beignets. They're gonna be excited. Oh awesome. my gosh. Mm. Well that was our taste test. Yeah, let's get talking about some other things about Mardi Gras. All right. So yeah, Mardi Gras, you see, you know, it means that we're here at the end of ordinary time before the beginning of Lent. As we mentioned earlier, Mardi Gras means fat Tuesday. Greasy Tuesday. Gra means uh, fat or grease. And, uh, <laughs> it was like Greasy Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, so, so it's very Catholic, right? The holiday itself is connected to a very important day in the church, um, mm. Ash Wednesday, right? So it's yes. also known as, as Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Tuesday. And uh, these are some of the... You really? Know, the, yeah. What, wait, what was the other one? Okay, Pancake shrove. Tuesday. I've never heard of that. Shrove Tuesday. Shrove? What is a Shrove? 
So the word shrove is like the um, conjugation of the verb shriven, right? To be shriven. This is like old English. What? Yeah, means, I was like, uh, uh, another remember, word, a, a conjugation a, of another word I don't I was, know. <laughs> I was a literature major and I um, did, read some of my texts in, in Middle oh, English and Old okay. English. So. But um, shriven means to, to go to confession, to be forgiven of your sins, to be shriven of your sins. So uh, there was a practice in the church to, <laughs> to like go to confession right before Ash Wednesday so that you could um, okay. enter into the Lenten season without the, those weights so that you could more mm-hmm. freely turn to God and then more freely, um, with greater strength, take on your Lenten practices, right? So it's also called Shrove Tuesday. Now, you said you didn't know, you don't know Pancake Tuesday either? No. No, I think I part this. The, I think there is a connection between the beignets that we speak about as well as as pancake Tuesday. But but um, so for those that don't know, you know, we as Catholics now the practice of fasting uh, can take on a variety of different things. But one of the the ways the church specifically calls us to fast in this season is um, the requirement uh, on all the Fridays of Lent uh, to abstain from meat. Before the practice was more strict that it would be the entire season of Lent. They would you would refrain from meat, and that uh, abstention from meat is was even more strict because it was meat and all those products uh, that came from meat, right? So eggs, mm-hmm. milk, butter, those kind of things. Okay. So so Pancake Tuesday was known as Pancake Tuesday because all of these things that 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 these products that came from animals they would make pancakes with, okay, right? And so tons of pancakes. So at um, some point in time. The 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 fast was not just for a meat, but also like meat products. It was yeah. like vegan, not just vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. Catholics original. Because I was like, okay, so now the Pancake Tuesday makes sense. Because as you were explaining it, I was thinking in my mind, well, why is it not called like Fried Chicken Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> okay. Or so, uh, In and Out Tuesday, as In and Out Tuesday, <laughs> or steak filet mignon Tuesday. Okay, so it had animal. All the products. The yeah, products. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there were like stacks of pancakes that they would, you know. They... Who was they? Where, where is this? Where was this the thing? What, who was they that did this? In, that engaged in, the world. in this? Really? In the world, but probably Europe, because you know that's okay. um, that's more so where those products would be uh, yeah, used in okay. that way to make make cakes and cast iron pans. Um, but uh, this is why, for a long time, IHOP used to make their free pancake day was always on Shrove Tuesday. It was always on Fat Tuesday. Yeah, but it was a couple years ago that they made the marketing decision to make it some fixed date. And I'm not going to give them the pleasure today of of saying when that (laughs) fixed date is because I boycott IHOP on that day because because, um, they, you know, they've taken something that, that was special to us and they used to participate in it. And now yeah. they're just they're just making capitalism. I know they're giving huh. them the pancakes away free. So you know, if you want to go get your free pancakes on I on International Pancake Day, on this day, day that will not be mentioned. Yeah, Voldemort. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I, I, this um, is so interesting. I did not more, know any of this. Yeah, yeah. This is the history behind. Um, you know, some somebody in some boardroom said we shouldn't move it every year. We should have it fixed so that we know, you know, people know when to celebrate Pancake Day. And they removed all mm-hmm. kind of connection to Ash Wednesday and Fat Tuesday. Wow. That's Breaks remarkable. my heart. I know. Breaks well, my now... heart. Huh. I'm not crying. I'm not crying because of Pancake Tuesday, but. <laughs> so with Pancake, you were saying Pancake Tuesday, maybe that's why beignets also became a thing. Similar ingredients. Similar ingredients. And, and Okay. And I mean, that makes sense. That also like, yeah, the, the worldliness and the, the sugariness. Actually, 
Um, I was going to get into this later when we talk a little bit about um, Mardi Gras fun facts, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's thought that the original people who brought uh, the beignets over to to Louisiana, where Mardi Gras is celebrated well, um, were the Ursuline nuns, right? Um, the nuns, yeah, and maybe even the reason that they're done in the shape shape specifically is is to remind like clouds of clouds of heaven, right? That's a legend, but, but wow, so, this is yeah. really fascinating. Yeah, they taste this like heaven, don't they? Wanna, I mean, it tastes like heaven. They look like heaven. They're dusted in powdered sugar, as I imagine heaven. <laughs> heaven also is dusted in powdered sugar. This is wow. Okay, you kind of yeah, jumped so, ahead. Yeah, we did. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to some of those uh, more Catholic things there, but um, but yeah. So that's um, you know, Pancake Tuesday, a Shrove a Tuesday. What do you have any um uh, Mardi Gras uh, traditions yourself? Not anymore, really. Okay. I used to embrace in a very worldly celebration of Mardi Gras. <laughs> previous to my um, encounter with the Risen Lord, um, so since then I prepare myself for Lent. <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> is... no, well, that, I, mean, I mean, you know, you, I yeah. think that explains. That's that good. Explains We're gonna get me. We may circle back to some of that. Um, I know you haven't seen some of the questions I have, so uh, save those uh, okay. those um, sordid details for uh, for later in the episode. Um, but you did say, you know, preparing for Lent. That's what that's what we do. That's you know, and when we talk about these last few days before um, Ash Wednesday, we should be preparing for Lent. We should be uh, thinking about what we're gonna do for Lent, and so um, that is one of the traditions that on Shrove Tuesday, and some people even do this. They um, they write it down in their journal, or they um, put it in a you know on a card that they'll look at through Lent. What are their Lenten practices? What are they going to take mm-hmm. on? Right, the good things and the the denials. You know, a lot of people say you know Shrove Tuesday. That's the day you write it down, just so that you know. And hopefully, you know, if you had to talk to a spiritual director or you took it to prayer, that uh, you take this opportunity on um, Fat Tuesday or Fat Monday to do it. Right. Well, do you have any? Do you have any? Traditions? Oh yeah, any traditions? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, wait, what about you? Right. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know this about me, but like, so every year since about high school, I've I've given up meat for the entirety of Lent, and um, you know, it's been incredibly fruitful for me. So um, I'm not saying it that that you know we need to return to that practice for everybody, um, but for my own life, it's just been this great journey and um, tool that the Lord has given me to say, okay, this season of Lent, even though it's regular for me now. Um, just going to this this moment of self denial where I'm not going to have meat, it allows me to enter into the season more fully. And because of that, uh, every uh, Fat Tuesday, I, I used uh, before it was easier to go out with uh, seminarians or friends um, on Fat Tuesday to to go and have some kind of meat like uh, celebration. Korean barbecue. Do you do like Korean barbecue? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Korean barbecue. Mm, um, the last one I was able to do was uh, with uh, my young adult at St. John Vianney. Um, in Rancho Cordova, we went uh, to a Korean barbecue place together as a young adult group, um, one Fat Tuesday. But in addition to that, almost every uh, Fat Tuesday, I also go and find an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. And I have an In-N-Out cheeseburger right before uh, Ash Wednesday begins. At 11.59 right and 10 seconds. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's what I do. Like, you know, I, I don't cut it that close because what if I don't finish the hamburger? Then it's just going to be sitting there right there in front then of me. Then that's, you know, welcome to Lent. <laughs> 
right? Wouldn't it be better if you didn't finish it and you're like halfway through? Like I only, like, what if I just oh. plan to just eat a eat a half and then I just have and to stare, stare at the rest of the stare at the rest? Like midnight. it is now Ash Wednesday. Oh, or man, maybe, maybe you I could do like the wedding practice. cake thing where you like save it and you eat it. I say eat it. You could freeze it and then defrost it. I don't know. Well, I'm just thinking. As we'll probably talk about, or as actually, I think some people have heard about it that on Easter, on at the Easter vigil, then I, I come back to that uh, moment of, of joy that the Lord allowed me to eat this cheeseburger. Uh, on Easter, I, I eat it again because hopefully throughout the season of Lent, I've been craving that cheeseburger. I remember mm. what it tastes like. I remember what it smells like. Um, but I know that I can't have it. Not yet. Mm. But I know that I will one day. And hopefully in that kind of uh, mindset and thought, it, it inspires me to look at heaven, uh, look at Jesus that, much, that way. That All right, I know I'm journeying through mm. this world and I want heaven more. I want to be... Uh, uh, with Jesus forever, but but not yet. And so mm. craving, good, good yeah. uh, worldly cravings that help us crave Jesus more. And I guess yeah. uh, you know, here's another hot take. And and hot I don't know if um yeah, I, I wonder if we can borrow the. Have you heard the the uh, truly universal hot take uh, drop? Uh, the sting that Ian recorded. It's so good. Oh, do they have a sting? I haven't yeah. heard it. No. Maybe they'll let us borrow it because you have a Ooh. lot of hot takes. Uh, sometimes I have some hot takes. Maybe they'll let us have, borrow. I don't have hot takes. I have formulated opinions. Okay. That's <laughs> um, Oreos, tamales. Um, those are just a few I can remember. Yeah, I know. Uh, There's a couple. Apparently, cheese and top ramen is also oh, yeah. a hot take. I don't. <laughs> Although I agree with that, I, I think that I dig that. Anyway, you agree that it's good or that it's a hot take. No, I agree that it's, it's good. I imagine oh, okay. it's good. I, I haven't tried. It. I like. I put cheese on everything. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, yeah, let's use that hot take sting. Oh, hot takes. Hot takes. All right. So here is uh, my hot take. Yeah. Um, in, in these days leading up to Lent, uh, in, in, especially in recent years, we, maybe you've heard, um, preachers or Catholic companies or, um, you know, Catholic speakers say something along the lines of, of what I'm about to say. And I know they have good intentions and I know that they have, um, you know, they want, they desire, uh, good for, for those that they're speaking to, but I just, I think they're wrong about their oh. approaches to the season of Lent. So this is what I don't even know is. what you're going to say. And I'm already like, Oh. Okay. Yeah. So there's been this movement of telling people, don't give up stuff for Lent, take something up. All right. Or like, don't give up something for Lent, improve yourself. Oh. Right. And I get where they're coming from, but that's not the season of Lent. The season of Lent is about, about self-denial. I mean, um, yeah. You're supposed to give something up. It's supposed to be about detaching from things from this world uh, so that you can crave God more. And it's not about giving up bad things. It's actually about giving up good things. That's why I give up cheeseburgers. Yeah. I don't think cheeseburgers mm. are bad. Uh, but it's to say, okay, these things are good, but I'm willing to give up this good because of something better. Mm. Uh, and then, I mean, it and, makes perfect sense. Um, the whole notion of self-improvement, yeah, that's a good thing, but we should be doing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I it mean, shouldn't be the, the season of Lent that, that we improve or try to get better. And um to not eliminate that very great gift that God gives us as an opportunity to, as a whole church, suffer together and to to be yeah. on this journey of penance together. No, that it's important that, that we give stuff up for yeah. Lent. Um, well, that's, that's interesting that you say that because I think, you know, that whole notion of giving 
not giving something up, but taking something on. Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of people who are not Catholic or even Christian who practice, you know, quote unquote, practice Lent because they think it's like a cool thing and it's a good thing to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. 40 days of self-improvement, basically kind of what you're saying. In some ways, I feel like that really kind of secularizes the whole thing, you know, because I, I like, and I think we've talked about this before on the show, like the notion of craving is not, it's, it's a good thing. Like it's not bad to crave things and to miss things and to be reminded of this, this part of yourself that like you enjoy that, but you want to be closer to God. And that's why you give these things up, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Totally. I'm, I'm all about like the self-denial. Yeah, yeah, and again, self-improvement is a is a good thing, but but try and do that year round, and don't use the season of Lent as that as that reason, right? Because then uh, it's like you know sometimes you you hear when when I'm journeying with folks and and um, not speaking to any of my directees specifically, but um, sometimes they'll come and they'll be like, oh, you know what, for Lent I'm going to give up, uh, you know, doing this. And I'm like, that's a sin. You should just be giving giving that up always, not <laughs> just because it's be. Lent. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Um and yeah, that and makes sense. Yeah, we 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 know that the this the this Lenten season is an opportunity to, you know, repent and believe in the gospel. Totally. I mean, that's where we start the the season of Lent, this re- idea of repentance, but all, all I'm saying is Jesus um goes into the desert himself for 40 days. Mm. Um he shows us that 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 there's value in in self-denial even if we don't see improvement or even if there is mm-hmm. just just the fact that he gave that time uh, yeah. to God that he did it without seeing any results necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's value in that. And I think that's something that maybe we, we don't always see. Well, that's what way. I was going to say, like self-denial. I mean, that that's self-improvement in itself, right? Like being able to yeah. temper your desires and being able to deny yourself of things. And I like what you were saying. Like, it's not about giving up stuff you don't like or stuff that's already bad, be- like give up things that are good, you know, and that are beautiful and giving up things that, you know, make it hurt. Some, you know, I had a spiritual yeah. director who used to say that. What do you do for Lent? And I'd be like, oh, you know, come on, Cecilia, make it hurt. Like, why would I make it hurt? This is, you know, and he'd guilt trip me and show me the cross and all that. And then I'd remember what Lent was all about, you know, but like, it's true. It's so true because that's literally what Lent is all about. And, he, you know, I, I apologize to all my former spiritual directors who have dealt with me over the years because I was probably one of the worst directees. But, you know, that that whole notion of, like, it's not about doing things that are easy. And I think also, you know, I don't know if this is a hot take, but it, it kind of bothers me. I don't want to say bothers. I don't know what the right terminology is, but, like... Lent is not about, like, some kind of personal challenge you're making yourself to. You know what I mean? Where it's all about, like, okay, if you really wanted to stop sinning, you would stop sinning, you know, like you would, you would, you would just stop. You wouldn't, you know, you you would try, you would choose to try. You wouldn't wait until Ash Wednesday and then, you know, and then think, oh, I'm off the hook for Easter or or also that, oh, at the end of Easter, I'm cured now. And I'm never going to do that again because I did it for Lent, you know, like I, or worse, like, then you look at Easter as like, okay, yeah, I, I was able to do it. Oh, I can go back to, now I can go back to the, I can go back to the bad practice during Easter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something about that. I think it really, you really have to remember and like commit yourself to not, not yourself. And this idea of like, it's a challenge. It's, it's me doing this because of, it's like, no, this is a, this is about relationship, Mm. right? Like if you look at Lent as a time to grow in relationship with God, like that should change 
you know, that changes the game. It's not just about like, oh, I broke a promise to myself. It's like, no, I want to be closer to God during this time. So me giving up donuts. Wow, I'm having like a traumatic flashback to the time I did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like staring at these beignets like, oh, because I was like, so this is not a tangent, but kind of, but I was literally thinking, what the heck am I giving up for let again this year? And now I'm like, sure. oh my gosh, is God calling me to give up donuts again? <laughs> oh man, I'm having a moment. Okay, sorry, but you know what I mean? Like, no, totally, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to give up donuts. I think I'm getting divinely inspired. <gasps> Do you need a second? I think I'm going to give up donuts for Lent. Oh man, you heard, you it, heard it first. Again. But again, you're doing that. I think the statement you're trying to make is you're doing that because hopefully by letting go of that, um, you'll have more room for God. Yeah? I, you know, yeah. I will. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing doing for Lent uh, yet. Either. Are you I've doing meat? You do meat I'm going to do meat. Yeah, I'm going to do okay. meat. And then last year I did keto or I did carbs. So it was like meat yeah. and carbs. I don't even remember what I ate. What I do ate, you? Like, yeah, I was just going to say, wait, so what did you eat? Uh, lots of peanut butter on um, low-carb tortillas. Like, um, wow. Um, I think I did a lot of that. There's a new, so, there's a TikTok hack with those tortillas now. You can mix it up. I saw that. Year. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking I may just do um, uh, no other liquids besides water, coffee, and... Uh, oh, and you're a juice guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so juice and... Okay. And, and even flavored waters I may give up. Um, oh, so. you're not going to take the Rayleigh sparkling water <laughs> loophole? <laughs> it tastes exactly like soda. It yeah, tastes no. like soda. Um, I'm, Shout I'm out to Rayleigh's. I'm praying. I'm praying about it. I, I'll see what I what I end up giving up for Lent. Oh my god! But but um, yeah. It's. I mean, it's it's um, it is. I hope that you know we all of us can have a, an awesome Lent, and and we're gonna be talking more about this notion of self denial or things that hurt on our next episode. Um, oh, I'm looking man. forward to that. But um, but yeah. So we'll we'll revisit some of these thoughts and these ideas. Um, but um, you know, coming back to Mardi Gras. Um, you know, it's it's a celebration. It really is. It's a it's a Catholic celebration at its roots. But I think, as you mentioned, maybe in your previous life, um, <laughs> that uh, the world has gotten a hold of it, and and rather than celebrating, you know, it in a sense tied to like okay, enjoying the good things, but then in a moment we're going to give up some of those good things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, rather than seeing it that way, the world has kind of seen it as excess or gluttony or just kind of revelry. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I guess my question for I don't know if you want to share anything about your fact. No, don't feel pressured to. But like, <laughs> like <whoa. laughs> when when you know, for us as Catholics, when we're trying to practice it, when does it become you know, uh, where where do we draw the line between gluttony and celebration Ooh. and 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 drunkenness and uh, leisure or, or enjoyment? Um, you know, how do we draw that line? You know, there's that that um, famous um, line connected with Mardi Gras um, with our French uh, Cajun brothers, right? Um, let the good times roll. Uh, laissez... Oh, is that where that comes from? Yeah, laissez bon temps rouler. Oh, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I, I never studied French, but I, I, that's me. Come on, garçon. Um, Let's garçon. slowly roll here. <laughs> laissez bon temps rouler. rouler. Uh, somebody can correct Trivia. me on there. But let, let, the, let the good times roll, right? Like, I so... didn't realize that was a f- like came from French. 
thought that yeah. was like an American rock and it roll. It might be. Thing. I think it, it I think it's a mix of this stuff, but it's okay. definitely connected to the Mardi Gras celebration now. You'll see it on mm-hmm. tons of posters and everything. But you know, in a worldly sense, Mardi Gras has been seen as like just this um this revelry, like this mm-hmm. freedom, like a liberty to do whatever you want. But but even in the name, like the and, and we can connect it to the celebrations in other parts of the world of, of Carnival, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Fat yeah. Tuesday is only Fat Tuesday because of Ash Wednesday, right? Yeah. Carnival is only Carnival because it's it's the celebration we have before we say farewell to the flesh, right? Before mm-hmm. we literally say yeah. goodbye to meat for the season. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you want to comment on that or like how do we recapture that or, yeah, where is the line drawn? I mean, like, that's what I was saying, like, before. I was, like, all about that, like, worldly Mardi Gras idea. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, it's a balance. I wonder traditionally, too, where, like, what that looks like when people started to get this. Because, like, when you were talking about the Shrove Tuesday, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's, a, to me, that's a very interesting contrast. You know, you've, go- yeah. so I was actually going to ask you, like, so when does Shrove Tuesday start? Do you have, like, Mardi Gras celebrations first, and then like near the end of the night, the churches open up so you can do Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> like, like right after. Yeah, like when is there time, or do you just pick one? Like I'm just, it's a really, and I've always thought Mardi yeah, Gras was know. a really, a really interesting thing, you know, because it is. Um, I understand the the idea, you know, of, of taking part in what you're going to give up, kind mm. of like having this like reminder of like this is what I'm I'm letting go of something mm-hmm. good. Um, I don't I don't mm. like that Mardi Gras has become kind of this absolute like day of you know partaking in things you shouldn't be doing in the first place. <laughs> right? Like I think that for me is a little, you know, it's I don't want to say counterintuitive. I think it it isn't the purpose, you know, and and it kind of it misses the mark on what Mardi Gras in a religious context leading up to Lent mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you should use Mardi Gras as a reason to like, you know, accumulate tons of more sins you're going to need to confess, you know, like, and take them in a let. Like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I'm, I, my thought is, is uh, in a very certain sense, we have kind of lost it to the world, right? We've lost uh, the meaning of the holiday to the world. But I think it's also an opportunity where we can, we can engage folks and engage cultures because they already know what it is. <laughs> And is it possible to get them back uh, to the center? Um, there's another French phrase that maybe I'm gonna, that I might also butcher also, but joie, joie de vivre, vi, joie de vivre, the joy of living, <laughs> the joy of living, right? And um, <laughs> um, the the notion is that okay, that's what we should be celebrating. That okay, yeah, there are worldly things mm-hmm. that are good, like we're not, um, and that's what we should, um, as Catholics, we should enjoy that. You know, we we can, people will give up alcohol as a um you know in their own lifestyle because either they're offering it up for somebody or Mm -hmm. they themselves know that it's problematic for their life but but for us as cat like in in general there's nothing intrinsically wrong with alcohol right we can enjoy Mm -hmm. it we can um experience it share it with one another it can be a source of fraternity it can be um, a source of celebration but we know that that's not where our ultimate happiness lies, and and I think that's what's what's missing um, in in worldly celebrations of Mardi Gras, is that uh, we're convinced that it's these moments that are lasting, um, these parties or whatnot that are lasting, rather than just to celebrate them because we know that this isn't the end, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's a hopeful kind of celebration, knowing that man, it's great to live life because um, life has meaning and purpose. Joy de vivre. Our friends, uh, speaking <laughs> listeners, let Anybody? us know how to pronounce that. Joy de vivre. Vivre. Anyway. There's a lot of French going on today. There's a lot of French going on today with our French <laughs> brothers and sisters. But, like, live it up. Live it up. I, I, um, going mm-hmm. to that question of, okay, when does it become drunkenness? I, um, I think St. Thomas Aquinas will say it moves into to drunkenness and moves in, into sin once it goes beyond the point of hilarity. You know, and that maybe that word is defined That's differently. That's a fun word. Hilarity, I yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe he I'm would define amused, that word differently. You know? Yeah, yeah. So being amused, but like, so we're we're moved beyond like a sense of fellowship and amusement and celebration with one another, but be, become something, um, you know, that mm-hmm. that is actually sad and tending towards evil. Yeah. So um, I feel like we've all been there, or had a friend who has. Yeah, and you know, as a Wait, is the hilarity like me thinking things are funny, or people <laughs> laughing at me? You know, because I think that's just an honest, you know, being honest here. It's Saint, it's Saint Thomas looking at you and seeing what's funny okay. and what's no longer funny. Okay, right? Like, okay, it's really funny. She's having okay. a lot of fun, and yeah. this is not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's Saint so, Thomas. Yeah, carry that image. Imagine, imagine him into your Mardi in Gras. Yeah, in the corner of the party. Or like a giant St. Thomas float going down the the parade, (laughs) judging you and, uh, and calling you to holiness. No, I, I I think there's a similar thing when, um, when, when as a confessor, when folks come in and they, they want to live better, um, but they have like very specific questions. Father, you know, I, I, I enjoy food or eat food. Um, hopefully they're eating food. Everybody eats food, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then they have this question about, but, but I'm worried that I'm, you know, I'm being gluttonous. Um, like, am I eating too much food? And and what I would say to them, uh, normally what I, I kind of try to journey with them on is, is two things, um, or three things. One, your recognition that, yeah, you can uh, overdo it. You can obsess over something or, or, um, do something to excess that it is a sin, uh, your recognition of that, mm-hmm. that that's a possibility is, is a good thing because it, it gives you a starting point. You, you're being intentional about, you know, how you're treating the gifts that God gives you. Um, the last mm-hmm. two things that I would say are, are this, that um, that the Lord has given you many gifts like intelligence and, you know, you've been forming mm-hmm. your conscience. The Holy Spirit is there. So to to pray and then and be close to God and be close to the sacraments and then Trust that the conscience that he's given you, you know, you know if you if you've crossed the line, and if you've crossed the line, then go to confession. And lastly, like yeah, the, yeah. then to not be so um, concerned about the lines, but like you mentioned earlier, relationship, mm. right? Like, you know, what does love mean? It means to be intentional, to choose uh, to do things for for the good of the other. And so, um, you know, we never say, okay, you know, where's the line for loving my you know, my parents, or where's the line for loving my um, significant other? No, you just, we, we know what we are in relationship and, and we, we try our best to love. And so similarly with the sins of like gluttony or, or um, drunkenness, we probably know. We know in our heart of hearts where, where um, what we're doing, whether it's good or not. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, I like what you're saying. Like, we don't, we don't draw the line. And turning it to something that's about love, you know, I think, you know, if we look deep down inside, sometimes we see why we're doing stuff and it's not about love at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think turning it back on that and always reflecting on that is, is always a good thing. Yeah. And um, 
you know, maybe I'll address this question now because it comes up all a lot during Lent. But like, you know, the obligations of abstinence on on Friday, you know, some people are just like, oh, why that? That's a rule. How you know whether you know whatever. But to see it not as a rule or just purely an obligation, but to see it as as somebody who loves you, the church, asking you to do something because uh, she thinks it'll be good for you, right? So it's like a parent, a mother saying, you know, take your vitamins or take mm. on this practice. Because I, I think that there's going to be something good that comes out of it for you, for you. And if I need to obligate yeah. you to do that, um, then okay. But it's not an obligation because he just wants to rule your life, but because yeah. she sees that there's something valuable about self-denial. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. All right. I got some um, Mardi Gras fun facts for you. Ooh, you some yes. I'm all, right. all about so, fun facts. Yeah. So, um, so uh, do you know the colors uh, for Mardi Gras? This is, is your snack it, attack. Is it green, purple, yellow? Green, purple, yellow. That's right. Now, do you know what they um what each one represents? What oh, each come color on. represents? Is that real? <laughs> it's real. It has to represent something. I just thought it was like fun colors. No, uh, I think it, it, it came okay, from. Okay, purple is penance. Uh, yeah? No, but okay. No. Oh. <laughs> Royalty. Yeah, so it comes from because royalty. Because you eat king's cake. Yeah, leading up to it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know the the Rex Parade down in um, yeah. uh, New Orleans, the King's Parade, and yeah, the yeah, King's yeah. Cake is actually tied to the celebration of Epiphany, right? The Feast of oh. the Three Kings. So it's like this whole time between the Feast of the Three Kings, which um, uh, Epiphany, um, and then all the way to this last day. Is when you would be eating king's cake, right? Because um, uh, it's right before Lent, right? So it's this time you're celebrating the king, right? Um, and there's also the notion of like the king of the carnival, the king of the parade, yeah, all that stuff. So purple symbol of royalty, um, tying to Jesus, who uh, was uh, robed in the purple cloak at his crucifixion. But yeah, okay. They didn't do that intentionally, but I'm drawing that Catholic oh, connection okay. to it. Okay. Uh, oh, what okay. about? What about uh, yellow? What do you th- uh, in, in modern times, purple represents gold? justice, but that uh, idea of like the judge or the the person in charge, right? Mm. Uh, but it came from yeah royalty. Um, Is the yellow supposed to be gold? Yellow rep- uh, represents gold, um, um, which represents power. Um, oh, so. Yeah, so it's like you know the the person who who is elected as king of the carnival they have some power and and all that. But um, I like to believe it it also ties into uh, the power of, of of God. All right, I didn't find that in any of my research, but uh, you know if it is a Catholic celebration uh, in Lenten, I'm going to go with that. You don't have it doesn't yeah, have to be exactly. stated. You know, it's intuitive. Yeah, totally, because because green represents you know what green represents money, faith. So wow. Close. <laughs> well, they were all uh, secular things, didn't you? Right? But then, but then, my defense. Totally, totally. But they, um, but so the faith, because I think, you know, when you look at, so now it's purple is justice, gold is power, and then green is faith. It's like, okay, it's like this nod to like this notion that, that this celebration is based on faith and religion. Um, you know, when we think about Mardi Gras, we think about uh, New Orleans, which means we think about Louisiana, which is a very um, Catholic uh, state. Mm-hmm. This will lead into some other facts that, that I was mentioning. Um, I mentioned earlier about the Ursuline sisters uh, were are, are yeah. um, known to have brought these uh, pastries over, the, these beignets. Legend says that they're shaped like 
heavenly pillows. Um, but there's other there's other research that shows that it was the French missionaries, right? Again, pot de choux is mm. a very French pastry, French dough. And they would bring them because they were or they would use those because it would be easy as they're doing mission territory mission work in like the territories of Canada and whatnot, it'd be easy to like to have this dough around and carry this dough around or make this dough and then that therefore mm-hmm. they had they had snacks so that they could keep doing their work. I just um, had this thought uh-huh. you know the song Eat This Bread? I just was thinking, Eat this dough. There you go. <laughs> This dough. I'm sorry. This is what works. in my head That's as what we're you're doing. talking. We're snacking still too. So, <laughs> um, but but then there's this other the fact, right? So Catholic then is uh, Louisiana that that beignets are uh, their state bread. Bread? Did you know that? Yeah, their state. Does like, that count bread as bread? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's a dough. It, it's bread. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, do you know what the the state bird of Louisiana is? The bird. So all connect. This will all connect. You know what the state bird is? The pelican. It is the pelican, right? Woo! Like, uh, well, their basketball like team. The basketball team, New Orleans Pelicans. It's also. Whoa, 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 wait. Is it like the the pelican, like the Catholic pelican? It is the no, pelican, the not. Catholic pelican, right? No, it's not. I'm getting it on is. Google. That can't be why it's. It totally that... is because Ca- Louisiana is a Catholic <gasps> state. But so, whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. So uh, what do you most call people him don't again? recognize the pelican it. of Pelican of Piety, isn't that his name? I no. think is 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 one of the popular name. names for it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, pineapple the pig, Pelican of Piety, you know they're friends. <laughs> they're all friends. No, but um, it is. I mean, that's why in it, it, all throughout Louisiana, I think even in the cathedral um, in New Orleans, you'll see a pelican on the altar, right? And for those that don't know, um, this is why CC was getting excited. The pelican has always been seen as as the Eucharist, as a symbol of the oh Eucharist, because um, so cool. when people would observe pelicans before, they used to think. Um, now the science recognizes that it's different, but they used to think that uh, pelican mothers would pierce themselves, even pierce their own heart, and then feed their children with their own flesh. The pelican literally is giving its own flesh to nourish um, its children. Um, we know that that's not the case now. That the pelican is just chewing up. Uh, what it eats and then and then giving it back uh, to its children, but that symbol of like mm. this amount of generosity that 's why you can see in a lot of Catholic churches or on flags the pelican piercing its heart and then like a drop of blood falling into the little uh, pelican 's mouth right so there you that's go that 's one of um, my favorite symbols of the Eucharist, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's maybe beautiful. I should move to Louisiana, maybe this is maybe. Well. am I having another epiphany? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool though yeah it is i don't know I, mean, I didn't know that yeah yeah so um uh obviously like like mardi gras or like other things it, it's probably lost it's that that kind of sense but it's a, it's something we can point to you know if you're watching a pelicans game with your friend you could be like hey that's you know that's catholic or you know yeah i was gonna say kind of if you're looking for a basketball team to follow you know if you don't already have a fandom there you go. Maybe this is the bandwagon to jump on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, anything else? I mean, like, uh, in terms of, like, discussions or whatnot, that's all I, I, I got. I, we don't have a snack attack prepared uh, for this week. Um, but we do have some audience oh, participation wow. for next next week set up or next next podcast set up. Are you sad you I don't have a snack attack? You snack attacking me earlier? I thought you were It kind of was with, with some of these <laughs> New Orleans Catholic <laughs> facts. Some oh, trivia man. there. That's good um, stuff. Yeah. Um, but next time, episode 20, 
can, oh, can I just say, man, I can't, I don't know, I'm happy we're at 20. I can't believe it's already 20. I know. I feel like it's flown. Like, I don't feel like it's yeah. been 20. But then I guess, you know, when you start naming all the guests that we've had and stuff and stuff yeah, we've totally. talked about already, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that could be 20. This is exciting. Yeah, we're going to do something something special for episode 20. For all of our um, listeners, we're going to do something live. We're going to be trying something out with Urban Picks where we're going to um, uh, do something live and you can be in the chat room and you can comment. And um, so that's what we're going to do for episode 20. And we are going to um, bring in a bunch of our former guests, right? So it's, mm. we've had so many guests and, and, and we wouldn't be able to do this podcast without them. So um, we're going to be bringing them back. Not necessarily to celebrate. It's a it's, it's a little bit of a celebration. It'll be Lent, you know. It, it will be Lent when we do this. Self denial and self mortification. Yep, and so that's the topic for for next episode. So if you're looking to see how some of our guests and even CC and myself uh, practice some self mortification, self denial, <laughs> um, you know, tune in. We'll have all that information on our social when that's going to happen. But you can participate too by uh, sending us an email at famandfed at urbanpicks.com. You can mention to us, you know, what are things that you do for self-denial? Or you can even send us a video of you do- practicing some self-mortification. Um, nothing um, crazy. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Let's so, <laughs> put me, some parameters let, on this uh, video submission, please. Let me, let me back up and tell you what we're doing. And yeah. if you want to join in <laughs> with what we're doing, so only send these videos. So what we're, we're doing is... um. This came uh, as an idea from one of our former guests that, that CeCe and I would do, and we just thought it would be good to invite other people to do it as well. Yeah, but, it's uh, She said, we, she, uh, Lisa, um, we mentioned her earlier, we also, um, she's been on a couple of our different episodes, the Pregnancy Cravings episode, as well as our uh, New Year's uh, special, she came back. Um, she suggested that we do an episode where we eat things that we don't like. And so that's what we're going to do. As a practice of self-mortification, as a practice of self-denial, um, all of us are going to eat things uh, that we don't like. Uh, us, uh, CC, myself, some of our guests, maybe some of the Urban Picks crew and the Famine Fed crew. Um, and so if you want to um, you know, be part of our next episode, you can send us a message that, that uh, describing you, your experience of, of denying yourself and eating uh, something that you don't like. Don't be wasteful, but like, you know, as your meal for that day, eat eat something you don't like and tell us how that felt, what it felt like uh, denying yourself. <laughs> and then you can tune in to watch us do that um, on our episode 20. What oh, do you think, man. Cece? You know, it's just like such a funny thing to, to eat stuff you don't like, you know, I've, it's, <laughs> you were talking about how, um, you know, parents, they, when they want your kids to eat something they don't like, you know, cause maybe it's good for them. Like I think about my kids and vegetables and I have a really hard time with this because part of me is just like, they don't like it. It's okay. You know, they could eat something else. You know, it's not a big deal. They'll find a way to get their vitamins. They'll find a way. But, you know, on a, and I'm kind of like that too. Like, I'm just like, you know, it's, I like most things. There are some, it took me a while to think of something that I don't, like, I actually don't like under mm-hmm. any circumstance. But then you think about it, I'm just like, oh, but I just really don't, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and it shouldn't be that big of a deal, like to just eat it if you don't like it. But I feel like at the same time, we're just very used to not having to do things we don't like. So, you know, self-denial, in- but also self-mortification. Yeah, to intentionally uh, deny something um, of yourself, your choice to deny your choice, yeah. to deny your, your, the pleasure of your taste buds. 
again, going back to stuff we were talking about at the beginning, it's it's not just to do it wastefully, but to intentionally say, okay, I'm going to enter into this act so that I can detach from worldly things and my worldly desires and um, and hopefully attach uh, to the Lord more. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, if you want to know what uh, crazy thing I'm going to eat and what crazy thing Cece's going to eat, pay, keep on, uh, pay attention to our social. And, um, yeah, again, send us in your feedback, your um, stories at famineFed at urbanpicks.com. All right, Cece. Um, Wrapping up here, any advice for folks as they're about to enter into the Lenten season? You know, I like to say, and I don't know, maybe this is like not a good Lenten piece of advice, but my piece of advice <laughs> is to pick something that, you know, and, and stick to it. <laughs> I don't know if that's advice or not. I have so, you know, and I'm guilty of this myself on some occasions. I feel like I'm the loophole finder. I'm kind of like Father Raj when he tells you to pick your favorite <laughs> three and he picks three. That's me during Lent, you know, because I have a Lenten birthday and, uh. you know, and then it's always like there's always I remember when I was a missionary, the friars used to always tell us, you know, charity always prevails. So there were times, you know, we'd go on mission and it'd be a Friday and they'd serve us meat and we would be like. This is like they spent their life, you know, their week's worth of wages to feed the missionaries meat, you know, eat the meat. Mm -hmm. But then I noticed I started thinking everything was charity. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, my friend. Loopholes everywhere. Yeah, you know, my friend who is Catholic and is literally spacing out and just honestly forgetting. I'm charity always prevail. Instead of, you know, saying, hey, it's Lent. Let's let's not eat that. I'm like, oh. God is being charitable with me today. So, you know, I'm a loophole finder. Hey, you know, maybe we could just Tupperware this, make the sacrificial act, and then... Exactly. So if you're a loophole finder like myself, you know, let's just go all in this time. Let go of the loopholes. No loopholes. Okay. Oh, wait. Speaking of loopholes, and I feel like we touch on this every year. Okay. Sundays in Lent, loophole or not a loophole? Yeah, and and um, my answer to that this simply is, uh, be intentional about it, right? So if you if your Lenten plan is that you are going to celebrate on Sundays as a reminder of the mini Easter, then be intentional about it and 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 do it. Uh, but if your plan is to deny yourself of it during um, the entirety of Lent because you think that's going to be um, that's going to be more fruitful. Then do it. The church um, does not have a specific direction in this regard. They they trust individuals okay. to to discern, um, you know, what is best for them. Now, some people will say, "Oh, well, you can't fast on on Sundays, right? You can't fast when the Lord is here." And and I would say, yes, mm-hmm. that's a good a kind of basic thing to understand. But there is still a fruit of of denying yourself even um, on those days of celebration. Um, and we see the church make this choice and this decision because you know we still celebrate Sundays of Lent with the color purple, this penitential color. We still celebrate Sundays of Lent without saying uh, Alleluia or the Gloria, Gloria. right? Mm -hmm. And so if the church is going to have this practice of of, um, denial, even on the great joy of a mini Easter of of Sunday, um, then I think it's it's reasonable for us to do that too. So, um, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have to talk to your spiritual director, take it to prayer, definitely. But if you want to celebrate on a Sunday during Lent or on a solemnity like um, uh, St. Joseph's or um, or St. Patrick's in dioceses that have 
uh, St. Patrick as uh, their patron, right? So those are solemnities. And if you want to break your fast or your abstinence on those days, I say um, do it, but do it with intention. Do it because you know you're celebrating the victorious king even while you're you're in a season of penance. But don't just do it because you're looking for a loophole. What about the people like me who yeah. have their birthdays in Lent? Yeah. And so that's, again, that's your, I would say that's your <laughs> discern that, right? If, um, if, if it's your practice, obviously if it falls on a Friday, you still want to, you can't give yourself a dispensation. I would dread like every year looking at the calendar. I remember being younger, uh-huh. looking at the calendar, like, oh no, it's on a Friday, you know? <laughs> Cause we know, we, we know you love your meat. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and then I tell my parents, I don't want to celebrate my, let's wait until tomorrow. And yeah, they all bummed yeah. out about it. <laughs> but that's, is it okay know, to declare my birthday a feast day? Is that okay? Like, doesn't that seem like that doesn't seem well intentioned? You can declare it a feast day. Feast days are trumped by the days of Lent, so. Oh, gosh. It's not a, it's not a solemnity. I can't right? declare my birthday <laughs> solemnity then? <gasps> um, no, you can ask for a dispensation from your parish priest from the practice from... of abstinence. <laughs> Well, let me see what... I don't think my birthday's on a Friday this year. I haven't looked. Oh, man. No, I'm nervous. I'm, like, literally... Okay, it's a Monday. Okay. Crisis of um, There you go. Um, but, yeah, so those who... Uh, other folks celebrate. And um, I know there, there's some friends who have birthdays, like, early April. And, you know, they're always worried their birthday's going to be during Holy Week or, or Good Friday. And... and um, it's tough, but I would say, you know, to see it, to be intentionally about it and like, hey, yeah, celebrate the, your birth, not on your birthday. Move it to in the Easter season if you're that close or, or move it to another celebration um, later. Celebrate your baptismal date if that's outside the season of Lent, right? There's um, way more opportunities throughout the year to okay. celebrate. So, And to offer it up in that one moment isn't a thing. But, but still have an intentional mini celebration, you know, with, mm-hmm. but not, not necessarily like a, you know, a huge, huge thing. <laughs> Oh man. Um, all right. Well, I hope you have a good Lent, Cece. Hope all of our listeners have a good Lent and um and we'll journey uh with a couple more episodes through the season of Lent together. But in the meantime, come to the table. And stay fed, fam. Fam and Fed is a production of Urban Picks, all things to all. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash famandfed. Please like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at famandfed at urbanpicks.com or leave us a comment on the Urban Picks website. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time.